Neely, I have two problems. What are those? I really love the show on professional development, and I have a big blank spot on my chest where my shirt is. First of all, the first one doesn't sound like a problem. I mean, it's so much love, I can't contain it. And you also have, what, a blank spot on your chest? Yeah, where my shirt is. You you never grew chest hair? Obviously not. (laughs) Oh, I know what you should do. You should go to this link in the show notes and get an unprofessional development t-shirt. Yes, that sounds like exactly what I needed for this premise. So boys and girls, we have t-shirts. We have magnets. We have buttons. Show your unprofessional love. That way you'll get to know who your fellow unprofessionals are when you're walking down the hallway and go, Oh, you listen to that too? Be an unprofessional representative. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a very exciting episode of Unprofessional Development. I'm Tedesco. And I'm Mealy, and today we have with us Goldie Muhammad. We are so excited to be here. How are you doing again, Goldie? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you all? We're doing fantastic. We're doing fantastic. I had a teacher work day today. I'm feeling great. Exactly. I can feel it in your voice. (laughs) And we had an ice day before that. So literally, the stuff we were supposed to do on the teacher work day, we don't even have to do. So we just... Winning. um, And it's just... just, Whatever. So, so anyway, we always like to, and I, I know some of you guys are, are, um, going to be tuning in or Goldie Muhammad fans because she's just ridiculously awesome. But some of you, you're just unprofessional fans. And you don't know who this is. So we're going to introduce you to someone who's just unbelievably incredible. So, um, we always like to have people use some kind of analogy or something that to kind of like walk us through your, your education journey or your education career. So, and I'm stealing from Barbara Walters, I guess, a little bit here. Describe your education journey or career as a tree. So what are your roots? What's your trunk, the main thing? And how are you branching out? And what's some fruit that you've produced? Feel free to just kind of have at it with that. No, I love that. And it's funny because on the cover of Cultivating Genius is a tree. Um, I want it to feel like growth. So I love the metaphor of the tree. And, you know, I would say... My roots come from, you know, I I think it's two ways to look at it. It's my own roots and how I approach the work. Mm -hmm. And then it's, it's, I also write about the roots. Um, And, you know, my roots and what I write about is ancestral genius of black communities, particularly. I write about how they form a solid and sound foundation to understanding education today and how to be a better teacher and leader and teacher educator like myself. My roots also come from family, faith. My roots come from having something inside of me that's just joyful Mm -hmm. and wanting to be a teacher, wanting to be inspired to inspire others. Um, So all those things feel like a good solid grounding for me. Um, The trunk, uh, And I'm, I'm laughing because I've been writing about these parts of the tree and the flower for so long. Even in my dissertation, I'm laughing because I think I have like stem. <laughs> it was the flower. It wasn't the tree. There we but go. I talk about the water and the roots and the petals. And so I'm like, oh, this is just so great. That's cool. I guess if I think about the trunk, it's like more of the, the foundations, the institutions, the, for me, it would be like the, the learning spaces that sort of cultivated and built who I am today and my thinking. And that's how I approach the leaves and the branches. This this is uh, all of the things that spread out that makes the world so beautiful. You know, I like to think that 
the world is sort of my muse, the problems of the world and the triumphs of the world. That's what kind of gets me going and gets mm-hmm. me researching and teaching and in the ways that I do. And, you know, there's so much growth and beauty from leaves and on the branches. And so I'm just encouraged by the world and uh-huh. nature and, and the okay. genius and joy of teachers. So if, I, if you're inspired by joy, then how do you yell at your students? <laughs> With a smile. There you go. There you go. It's easy. Good and, answer. And <laughs> curious, one like little detail I, I would kind of like left. So where along the line, when you, between your roots and your trunk, did you go, hey, I want to be in education versus business or a lawyer or a doctor or, a, you know, whatever you would want to be. Those are the only so, three jobs. That was it. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Yes. You know, uh, I, but I'm all those things. Right. I'm a- this woman, I'm a doctor, I'm a healer, I'm a lawyer, I, I debate. <laughs> definitely, definitely. But you know, it was, you know, a part of my trunk is my upbringing in Gary, Indiana. And I've, I've been to different schools. I've been to schools with limited resources, uh, private schools, public schools, mm-hmm. schools with a lot of resources, but I didn't see myself. Like, it's all those things that sort of make up my tree. But I have to say, like, from as soon as I can remember... I wanted to be a teacher. You know, some children, as they're young, they -hmm. grow up and they look at a dancer, they look at an athlete, or they look at a newscaster or something. They're like, oh, that's what I want to be. I looked at teachers. Like, those were my, even as a child, I remember sitting in class saying, like, that's what I want to (laughs) do. Like, that's That's who I looked up to. And so I remember from pre-K and kindergarten really feeling that. And playing school with my siblings and mm-hmm. writing curriculum. I didn't call it that then, right. but you know, <laughs> I was writing my lesson plans and teaching it to my older brother. And so it was just all those things. Like I knew very on that this gave me a lot of joy. Okay, cool. And um, I, I don't know why I have to ask it because I know the chances are almost none, but because you were in Gary, Indiana, how close to the Jackson family <laughs> did you ever like run into? Did you ever know any Jacksons or cousins of Jacksons or any? And, None at all. No, but like my uncles or like my uh, my mother's generation, mm-hmm. um, there was always some kind of connection. Like somebody knew one of the siblings. Yeah. Um, but I had no connection. I mean, we would pass by the Jackson house, right. and you know, before Michael passed, Michael, like you know, that's my friend. Michael. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we Michael. call him that's, Mike. That's you know, far too no, um, you know, it was just like there was no attention drawn to the house. It was just like this little house that's about the size of like a two, like a one and a half yeah. car garage. And it was just there. And so, um, you know, the city didn't call much attention to this historical home that, right. you know, produced so much talent and genius. Yes. <laughs> this shows the difference between us, Mealy, because you heard Gary, Indiana and thought the Jacksons. I heard Gary, Indiana and thought Music, music Man. man. Yes, instantly I, I, I thought that as well okay, but, but, yes yes I, I i do hear that as well was that um ron howard yes singing singing gary indiana am i right yeah, to disco? Yeah, yeah. I, maybe i don't know i never I watched think it's little movie. ronnie howard i, I think didn't it's learn ronnie that howard. until i became an adult that wasn't <laughs> <laughs> <Indiana> thing. <laughs> yeah all right so i love your focus on growth and i'm glad you said that because one thing I really respect about you is is you you put out this idea of moving away from thinking about standards as like a box to check and instead thinking about pursuits, right? Is, is that the phrase you use as a pursuit? I don't want to get it wrong. 
Yes, that's correct. So, and and your your five pursuits were identity, skill development, intellectualism, criticality, and joy. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, how do how do you like break those down for us? So, how do you make those into like a structure into a curriculum? It sounds kind of like uh, like lovey-dovey and, and free-flowing, and, and it seems like standards would be way easier. But why would you go for for these pursuits instead? Well, you know, you have to, I think teachers got to first ask yourself, is easier most excellent? I don't, if it, <laughs> I think this is easier than just the standards, but what's easy for me might be difficult for somebody else. So I don't really shoot for easy. I shoot for what is the most excellent, brightest, best, most conscious, joyful, intellectual model for students. And if it's difficult, then I can teach you how to give you ease with it, right? So I first have to say that like the word pursuit comes from um, our ancestors, uh, African-American people who called their learning goals pursuits. I just noticed that standard was never a term that came from us. And so when we think about certain terms, we're not usually pushed in our education programs to say, well, where does this term or approach come from? Who does it come from? Whose is standards? Because ours are pursuits. And a pursuit means I'm not just learning this to pass a test or to graduate. See, a standard has a stopping point. A standard mm-hmm. is told, usually other people give us standards that we follow, right. like mm-hmm. the Common Core State Standards. Yes. Yeah. And right. I'm not against teaching the standards. Standards are still being taught in my model, but I am trying to use the term pursuit intentionally to connect those standards to life. So every time that standard is being taught, it is contextualized into the identities, into the lives of students and into the world, into making the world a better place. And so pursuits come from themselves. You know, Alice Walker once said, the nature of the flower is to bloom. If the child is a flower who grows, its nature is to bloom, is to grow, right? Right. But she says it blooms for itself. It doesn't bloom for us. We think it blooms for us because we get to experience the joy and beauty of that flower, right? But that flower, she writes in her poem, blooms for itself. And I like to see pursuits the same way. A child is learning for themselves. We think it's for us because it's so beautiful and we feel so satisfied with our teaching, but it's for them. That's that's important. And a pursuit is going to lead a child toward uh, self-reliance, self-determination, self-empowerment, and of course, to pass a test and to graduate, all those other things. So identity is a pursuit that says, as I'm teaching and, and teaching and learning with students, how am I helping them within this unit plan learn something about themselves or others? How can I connect it anyway, small or large, to their lives? Skills. What state standard or proficiencies am I teaching given that, com- that content area, that grade level? Uh, intellect is what new person, place, things? What's, what are my students becoming smarter about? What nouns are they learning? So it's really saying, like, what are they applying the skills to the context of the real world within, right? right. Um, and then the fourth is criticality. Uh, criticality helps our students to name, understand, question, disrupt harm in the world toward a better humanity. So you're looking at like that that intellectual topic and thinking about power, equity, justice, marginalization. 
And then joy. Joy is not just about having fun and celebrating, you know, a snow day or ice day. (laughs) Joy in the model is more like connecting your learning to something beautiful in the world, something good, something beneficial. And so um, with teachers, we play this game, right? We have, I have them pick up something that's an arm's length reach, or they come up with any topic, anything in the world. And they'll like say, how can I connect the five pursuits to? Would you like me to give you an example? Would you like to just give me a topic? Ooh, I want, I want, I want to put you on your toes. I want, I want, I want to give you okay, one. Okay, good. So, That's what I prefer. So, um, I mean, you may or may not know this, but my podcast studio is also my, also my laundry room. Okay. Oh, I and my that. storage area. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I have got, um, some, um, some crest. Okay. Complete with scope <laughs> toothpaste. Okay. With whitening. Okay. Let's get that tartar under control. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this episode oh. brought to you by Crest. I'm going to hashtag back to the, um, to the, to the eighties, my eighties people when we would fight the cavity creeps. I don't know if you guys remember <laughs> fighting the cavity creeps, but that's before your time. They make holes in teeth. But yes, it was kind of like the Crest commercials were kind of like Power Ranger ish and they would fight the cavity creeps. But yeah, so you've got some, you got some Crest toothpaste. Go for it. Okay. So you got some Crest toothpaste. Do you want to, um, do you want me to give you the content area? Do you want, is this, you see this? Yeah, no, I'm, 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 it's, you tell me what happens next. So usually like, okay. So when I think of, this is what I do with teachers. We look at the item to Mm -hmm. be inspired by, in this case, like, Crest toothpaste. Yes. And I say, what comes to mind? And they'll say things like uh, dental, hygiene, care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we are looking at, um, let's say, um, the topic is dental hygiene. And, okay. and now I see this. This could be taught in elementary, middle school, depending mm-hmm. on how deep you go. Um, you can then say, okay, identity. What does dental hygiene and uh, have to do with a child's life? Mm-hmm. I'll say students will reflect upon their dental hygiene habits. Right. That's identity. Mm-hmm. Right? That's it. Um, and for intellect, they can think of like, uh, they can trace, uh, dental healthcare, dental hygiene. They can just define students will learn what is dental hygiene. Yeah. Just that simple. Mm-hmm. If you want to get rigorous, maybe you can track over time. When did dental hygiene become a thing? Mm-hmm. How has the evolution of toothpaste? I mean, two, two brushes changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For we can still, discuss George Washington's teeth, I guess, and whether or not they were really wood or not, or is that just a, an urban legend? Exactly. And, you know, you can even discuss cultural toothbrushes. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what is it called? It's, um, they use it in Saudi Arabia. It is a tooth cleaning, um, device, but it comes from the earth. It's not like a plastic. Oh. Yeah. Oh, you're teaching um, me something. I don't know about Saudi yeah, Arabia. Yeah, I should know it because tooth, most Muslims care. use it during Ramadan. Okay. <laughs> Instead of brushing your teeth so you don't break your fast by swallowing water. They, oh. they use it. So it's, All of it's that like, can be is it like an herb or a, a mint or something like that? No, 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 no. It's, it's like a, it's like a tool that it's like oh. a brush and it comes from the earth. Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. As much as economical. Cool. Like, is it made, okay. is it, I'm, I'm really curious now. I really want to know more. You could also, if you're worried about breaking your fast, you could also just like open your mouth and like have like those birds come by that clean crocodiles oh, teeth. Oh, those are nice. That's, you yeah. can have them do that too. <laughs> I need some of those in my house. The miswak, it is, um, bristles 
that can be used to clean the teeth. It comes from a part of a plant or a tree. Okay, cool. So it does come and from a plant. It was used. It was a clean teeth cleaning twig that's made from a particular tree, okay. and it has been used for seven thousand years. Wow. See, that's, a lot, that's, a, that's a lot of dental hygiene going on back there. Uh huh. Okay. You, you learned that right away. That's yes. already knowledge. There we so go. For, for skills, there's a couple things you can do. If it's ELA, you can read an article on this, mm-hmm. uh, on the evolution of dental hygiene. Um, there's lots of comprehension skills. If you want to pull something scientific like the chemicals and elements within toothpaste, mm-hmm. like looking at the ingredients, there's lots yes. of science there. There is. If you want to pull mathematics, you can look at, you can quantify and look at statistics of, you know, who has access for geography right. and also look at locations. And we can get behind uh, the science and the um, conspiracy theory behind fluoridated water and all that kind of um, drama. Yes, you know what I mean? Fluoride. And, you know, water here, you know, I remember my dentist telling me when I lived here some time ago, like, drink the Chicago tap water because there's fluoride in it. It, yeah. it, it, it makes it better for your teeth. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm supposed to drink faucet water? You know, we bougie. Yeah. So we drink <laughs> And, and correct me if I'm wrong, this fits right into criticality, right? Questioning these conspiracy theories and questioning your tap water. Exactly. And yes. even if you look at uh, disparities of dental health care, like, mm-hmm. you know, why do we have such a gap between people who need health care for their teeth, mm-hmm. like not having that access? So mm-hmm. access, disparities, all that is criticality. Mm-hmm. We talk about teeth disparity. We probably shouldn't use the word gap. I feel like that's oh. a little insensitive. <laughs> That can also be identity, right? There you go. Own own their gap. Yes, we got the David Letterman and Michael Strahan's of the world. Yes. (laughs) Maybe for joy, we identify the beauty and smiling. You know, like I feel like you look at some of these dental ads, and they are like the joy, the happiness, the fulfillment is like you have this beautiful smile to give to the world. They said even a smile is like a form of charity of making someone's life better. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we would take, we would make a decision of which of those pursuits to choose from. And it would just tell a story based on the text we select. Yeah. And so it is a different way, but most of my time I'm spending on the skills. But what happens is those other pursuits just introduce um, students in, because some students will say, I don't want to learn about the elements of toothpaste, mm-hmm. but you're like, you're connecting it so that they see it in their lives and they see it in the world. So right. that's what this model is really about. Yeah. That was a good challenge. That was yes. a new one for me. That was fun. Cool, cool. I, I, I could see, I could you see. All like, the, you all did it. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, that's why I didn't want you to take one that you already knew. It was, it was fun to see it, to do that because it, it, it and it makes it more fun. Cause, and that's what it really should be when, when we're, when we're, creating lessons and all that kind of stuff. That's one of the, the joys of teaching is like going, okay, here's something new. Like I'm teaching this subject that I had like a, a new one that I've taught for two years now. And when I first got into it, it really um, was fun just coming up with how do, how do I, um, whatchamacallit, what are the lessons that I can come up with this new thing? Cause sometimes when you teach the same thing for multiple years, you're kind of like, okay, I know this and I've got these kind of things and you want to try to um, try to introduce them. So I, I do like kind of, um, uh, making our brains think too. And yes, I, I, I 100% agree. Whenever we can get the kids to make it, f- to make school feel less like school. an institute, right? An institution that they're forced <laughs> to go to and something that they have some kind of ownership and something that, that is 
for them and and um, with them rather than at them. You know, what I mean, I think is is really um, something that, like we're, that. that we're that we're I'm definitely um, all mm. about. I, can I do have one question before we yeah. move on, though. When you talk Go about joy, it. so what advice do you give to teachers who have to teach something dark or something heavy? You know, Ooh. teachers who have to talk about you know things that that don't inspire joy. Well, yeah. give me a dark and heavy topic. <laughs> uh, let's go with the classic, you know, the Holocaust is something that is commonly taught, right? Yeah. So what yeah. advice would you give to teachers about to include joy in their pursuit in that lesson? So I always say that it's important, you know, and first of all, anytime we teach the dark, the heavy, the oppressive, we need a balance of the beauty because nobody's history, nobody's stories, including the story of Jewish people, starts with what oppressors have done with them, to them. Mm. And so if I was teaching about a Holocaust, I don't start with the Holocaust. I start with the beautiful um, aspects of Jewish culture, the joy. You know, I noticed something like when I read the diary of Anne Frank as a child. You all remember reading this mm-hmm. book. And I, I'm reading this as a child and I'm like, Anne is my girl. Like, I don't know <laughs> Anne, but she's like my kind of girl. And uh-huh. I wanted to be friends with her. And she would make jokes and laugh. And here it is, all this oppression and hate and pain around her. And she still has this joy and this beauty to her and this, this need to solve the problem. So joy can be the beauty that the, the group of people have have inside their hearts and their presence. It can be what they practice in terms of joy before oppressors came into their lives. Um, joy can be the the solutions to those heavy problems. You know, what is the solution to um, anti to racism, to pollution and all these things? To me, that's joy, too, because joy can give ease of making the world a better place. So when we think of joy, the way I define it, it is more than just beauty and having fun. It's also like making the world better. To me, that gives ease and calm. So those are different ways I would teach um, about topics that are heavy. Awesome. awesome. Love that. So I'm going to, I'm going to fanboy here just for a minute. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so you may or may not know all these, all these connections or whatever. So I'm going to kind of like break some, break some of them down. Okay. So, um, Robert Kaplinsky, who you may or may not know, he does, he does, um, open middle math problems and he's, he's, he's really cool. And so he, um, was on our podcast, I don't know, about a year and a half ago or so. And he turned me on to, um, your girl, um, Dr. Bettina Love. Okay. And so he, so he shared with me this, um, this, uh, little, uh, it was on C-SPAN. She was talking about, I don't know if you've seen the clip, but you probably have. Yeah, I was, was in person when that happened. Okay. Was, yeah. You know the one I'm talking about where she's, where she's talking about being, um, a co-conspirator versus, versus an ally. And I, I probably watched that about 10 times. I've shown it in my class. I cry like almost every time I watch it. Um, uh-huh. and so, I mean, it, it's really, it's really touching, but mm. both her and you, have what what I love and what I, and the joy thing really really makes me feel so good because anti racism is a very challenging concept thought movement whatever you want to call it and you can get bogged down in 
the sadness, the, the anger of all the, the bad things that have happened and are happening currently. But the fact that both of you still have that joy at the same time all the time and you find that balance between um, teaching the concepts and saying, hey, but I'm not going to have like a horrible day every day just because the system sucks and <laughs> because we're living in it. We're living in a society yeah. that has some things that need to, to, to go on. So I just want to just. And I, like I said, I'm going to fanboy for a little bit. Just thank you for being you. Okay. And just, and just, and just, and, and being like an inspiration. Like when, like when I heard you on Cold of Potagogy, I'm like, oh my goodness. Like she's so awesome. I'm like, oh, oh, she's connected to her and this and all that kind of thing. And so like, it's just. Thank you so much, William. Yeah. Yeah. It, so it's... We can fan out for each other because, <laughs> and, and that, that, that helps with Tina's and I's joy. We, you know, we, and my joy, like we text each other. We're very intentional jokes, laughter every mm-hmm. day. Every yeah. single day. We don't miss a day. We don't miss a moment. Yeah. And it's like this, this is joy. This, this, um, triad. This is this like collaboration where we get to look at each other and say, you know, we don't have to choose. We can still fight for justice. Right. And still smile. Yeah. And I love, uh, have, did you see, uh, Dr. King's picture when he was in the pool, uh, last week? For Martin Luther King Day, no, he was I like didn't see that. in Jamaica. He was in a swimming pool with a shirt off, and I said, uh, and under it, it said "Revolutionary Rest," and he's smiling with his family. Yeah, you know the revolutionaries; they they have fun and joy too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I yes. love that image. Yes. it was beautiful. For those that are on the anti-racism side and work with or in a community. Um, people who are fighting them. Okay. We know there's the people that are like, you know, want to burn down critical race theory. They don't even like know how to spell, um, critical race theory, let alone what it, what it, um, it is. And, um, there's people who are like, well, why do I need to do that? And they, ha- and, you know, they have all these reasons and they're, they're not there yet for, for whatever reason. So how do we, as people who want to make a difference, who are listening to this podcast, possibly, or maybe the ones that maybe people listen to it who aren't there yet. But when you're, how do you show people grace and do that? So kind of just like give us some kind of just principles or things in your in your mindset that because I'm sure you've come up with opposition on a regular basis as well when you're doing the stuff that you're trying to do. Yeah, sometimes um, more support, but every once in a while, it's a little uh, twig <laughs> on the tree or thorn on the tree. I don't know. If we're still using the tree metaphor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I Some try, caterpillars you know, I, trying to eat your leaves, you know? <laughs> I try to assess, and Bettina taught me how to do this too. Like, I try to assess why are they against what I'm saying? I'm speaking about humanity, making the world better. We are one. I'm Mm. actually talking more all lives matter than them. (laughs) (laughs) I really am. So I try to understand with a bright smile, like, what is it? Is it just a lack of knowledge you don't want to know? And do you want to know? Is your your heart and mind open enough to learning? Mm -hmm. Uh, Two, is it that you have fear? Like, I fear if we teach justice and racism, it's going to make my white child uh, feel guilt. Is that mm-hmm. that fear? Because I, I, I approach the fear folks differently. 
Is it uh, sometimes it's laziness for lack of better word? Like, yeah, Goldie, I'm with you. I just I just like my uh, overhead projector and my old school methods of teaching. Mm -hmm. I've been doing I have the same lesson for 20 years. I want to keep it. Yep. And then the fourth is just hate. Like, you know, I did this parent workshop in Manhattan. I was talking about joy activities and making slime with your children at home, just all kind of like science Mm -hmm. and and literacy related stuff. And a parent put in the private chat of the Zoom, you are awful, this is awful. And I'm like, slime? <laughs> what? Yes. And there was nothing I can say or do to make that te- that uh, parent like love me. Mm-hmm. Like you came in here, it's just because I showed up as a black woman knowing who I am and maybe my smile bothered you. I don't know, but I cannot, I don't really work with folks who who have hate for me without knowing me, who have hate for our children without, you know, knowing them. But if it's like a lack of knowledge, I tr- and if they're open, you know, like somebody put on Twitter, like, you know, this model is too hard, it's impractical, it just doesn't work. And I said, well, can I spend some time helping you? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very busy, but if anybody reaches out to me and need help, I'm always going to help them. And they said, I don't need your help. I know how to write curriculum. And I said, okay, but you don't know how to write curriculum in the realms of blackness in this black historical model. Uh, because if you did, you would see uh, how the different ways this model can be used. But see, in that case, they weren't open to receive knowledge because if you really want to post something publicly, then why not be open to become better, to learn, or don't post and tag me in it. You keep that to yourself. Because if I <laughs> in a tag, I'm going to be a teacher and I'm going to teach. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if it's fear, I try to settle people's hearts. We're not making white children feel bad or guilty for something they didn't do. We're not, uh, we're not, you know, decentering your white child. I feel like white children have been underserved in education too. Mm-hmm. And so I try to help if their hearts and minds are open, but it is work and it is tiring. And cause you just want people, you want people to just understand that justice and humanity for all is a good thing. Like my mother doesn't have to convince me to drink water every day. She's like, you should just know that it's good for your body. That's how I feel about this work. You should just know that identity, skills, intellect, criticality, and joy are good pursuits for learning. I shouldn't have to convince you. Some people just really like their big gulps. That's true. (laughs) That's true. I guess so. And I do think, I will say this, I do think that some people, when they hear the anti of anti-racism, like... The anti part can trigger some people when you hear that, when you hear that, you know what I mean? It's like, we're, we're against racism, but when, but some, they get, some people do get stuck on the anti, I think. Um, well, yeah. and they should unpack that in therapy or in small <laughs> groups. Like, like I'm for real. Like, no, but, but honestly, yeah. Like, yeah, that's, that, that means that needs to, you got to deal with that. Uh, or if you feel guilt for something you didn't do, right. you got to work through that stuff. That's yeah. healing. That's wellness. Yeah, definitely. I am curious. So, I mean, when, to to be very honest, like when I started in teaching, Mm -hmm. I did not put a lot of thought into my whiteness. I I grew up in a very white community and and I did not think about it. And I'm very, very fortunate that I was in a very supportive and diverse school that that allowed me to think about it and break it down. So, but I'm thinking like when I was younger, if I heard about you talking about teaching from a black historical perspective, right? I'm not sure if I would even like recognize that as something I would have to know 
right? So like for people with that bias or people who might have that unconscious bias, do you think there are any questions that they should be asking themselves to see if like there are things that they should be learning to grow? Yeah, and that's a really great question too. There's a lot of things that I'm sure we can all say that we didn't put a lot of thought in. I remember living in a neighborhood that I come home is say I never put any thought into my safety because it mm-hmm. safety was never an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't mean that it's not an issue for other people, maybe living a block away or down the street. Right. So I think what people uh, I never I never put any thought into my cuteness. You know, <laughs> I had cute privilege. I mean, me neither, up. but probably for very different reasons. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But seriously, like, I think we all have to say, who are we? What are our identities, um, our different intersections of who we are? What is the genius and joy associated with who we are? Have we ever felt marginalized, mistreated um, because of our identities? I think consciousness means that we don't show up not thinking about stuff. I don't show up at home not thinking about uh, it, the, the importance of my safety. I don't show up. You don't show up thinking about, you know, being white. We, we think about how all these aspects could impact children. And, you know, what's unique about the United States, we're a very racialized country, given our history of inception and building up. It's almost like to not think about it in the United States, given all these riots and um, given all these like justice protests, we have to think about certain things. And, you know, we have enough literature and consciousness that's put out there publicly on social media where people are pushed to say, no, think about your racial identity, um, no matter who you are. I think about my racial identity, too. I have mostly Latinx students now, and I think about my identity. I think about my religious identity. Am I pushing certain things? Am I open? All this. I think about my gender identity, my sexual identity, my where I'm, where am I, I'm from or my community identity, what I know. It's just, it's not supposed to be like a burden or a heaviness. It's just supposed to feel like a natural something yeah. that if you have a situation while you're teaching, you know, you're approaching it, um, from an understanding of different, um, just intersections of your life mm-hmm. so that you're going in making the best decisions and showing up as excellent for students. And it doesn't mean we have to be perfect, right? It doesn't mean that we're going to think through everything. Being a teacher, how can you think through everything? <laughs> and we will make mistakes. That's not what this work is all about. This this work is about consciousness and building and growing. So maybe tomorrow I know better and I'll do better. Yeah. I'm going to be all about me again for a minute. But, um, <laughs> what do you mean for a but, minute? Yeah, that's true. So anyway... <laughs> um, no, we had, so about, I don't know, six years ago, maybe, we had this um, uh, cultural proficiency training that was coming down the pike, and, and my school was like a thing, we're going to do this cultural proficiency training. And I remember getting the email over the summer, I'm like, cultural proficiency training, uh. and so, like, I was full of my, like, you know, and woke wasn't even a term back then, but I considered myself woke or whatever back then. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm married to a black woman. I have interracial kids. I grew up in this. I went to a black church and da, 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 da. And I've done mm-hmm. this and I had, and, and with other things, I speak Spanish and, um, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. And it was, it shocked me when I went through the training because the training was really well done. I, I wish I knew the company give them a shout out that did the training, but they did a really, really good job that there was things that I'm like, oh, you're, you're, cause I, I was, I was stuck in a spot, I guess, where I considered myself a finished product for a minute. You know what I mean? And it woke me up that I had mm-hmm. to kind of like, um, go forward. And one of the activities that we did that was really, 
eye-opening to me was um, they said, okay, here's what we're going to do. You're just going to write down 10 things to describe yourself and just take like five minutes and write down 10 things to describe yourself. And so I'm writing down my 10 things. I'm, you know, I didn't even know what we were going with this, right? Everyone's writing down their 10 things. And then the, the, the leader's like, okay, so white people, how many of you wrote white on your list of 10 things? And we're all like, and so we're probably about like, probably like about 70 white to 30 non-white in the group. And we're all like, uh, uh, what? No, like, like I wrote down funny. I wrote down teacher. <laughs> I wrote down Christian. I wrote down father. I wrote down, like, like all these things. I'm like, no, I didn't write down white. You know what I mean? And they're like, so people of color, how many of you wrote down your skin color on this thing? And every hand goes up. You know what I mean? And it's like, the difference is, and it's like, and like, and there's your white privilege right there. The fact that you didn't have to think about it when you were describing yourself, just like you're talking about not having to think about your safety. It's just completely, it's yeah. like, oh, I, I, and so, and then it made me realize like, oh, you know what I mean? And I knew it, like, objectively, I'd thought about it before. I had friends and known, like, when we go into like a store and they get like, you know, her, you know, harassed or whatever when, when, you know, just going into the mall or, and that, you know, like, can I help you? Can I help you? Can I help you? You know what I mean? They're getting that um, treatment. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can go away. <laughs> well, and you know, you can say the same for like sexuality, like a lot of mm -hmm. heterophobe, you may not write that down for that same exactly. reason. Exactly. And I didn't, and I, exactly mm -hmm. the exact same thing for people who are sexuality or gender or whatever, because they have to live in a world where they um, generally feel like the other, you know what I mean? And because you feel like, because you feel like the other, then it, yeah. it becomes part of your consciousness as opposed to when you're, when you're part of something that it doesn't affect you, then it becomes part of your, your unconscious unless you make an effort to, um, to bring it to your consciousness. And so, um, yeah. as you were sharing yeah, that, that kind of brought that, to, brought that to my yeah, mind. Thank you for that. Yeah. So this is the part we love funny anecdotes and stories. And we know whether you're, whether you're teaching, kindergarten, college, high school, whatever, whether it's your f colleagues or most times it's the students, they do crazy things. They say crazy things that just make us laugh. So throw us an anecdote, whatever, and go, I can't believe this, this happened in my, in my, in my classroom. And it just makes you laugh every time. Um, wow. Uh, I don't know if I was prepared for this one. I, although, you know, you prepared me. I just didn't prepare myself. Well, there's so I mean, first of all, I taught middle school. Okay. So you are now. It's yeah. like some appropriate mm -hmm. stuff. It's yeah. some interesting stuff. I also, um, I just have funny stuff even as a college professor too. <laughs> <laughs> Every, I'm thinking of one, but I feel like there's a better one. Okay. Um, but the first one, well, let me just say, let me give a second. Let me yeah. just see if there's anything funny. You can tell me. more than one. Yeah, Thank yeah, you, yeah, William. Yeah. I am known for my humor. Yes, um, uh, I'm like, saying you got. I know like, you I got some. It's like the moment when Michael Scott said, "If I get one joke, I got to be the best joke." When he was, <laughs> <laughs> nope, you know, nope. we can we can edit this and we'll just make it the best. <laughs> so no, I mean, in in university, I remember this was like our first semester on Zoom. And um, I, you know, it was a culturally responsive class and I have them put a freedom song. Okay. And this was around the time where DMX passed away and, you know, they wanted to hear DMX. And <laughs> some of their songs they, they put, I just put it like, I don't, 
I listen to a lot of music, but I also listen to a lot of silence. And so I just Google, I mean, I just like put it in into um, Tidal, you know, and which is just streaming service at the time. And it was saying all kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I just knew for sure. And I think that Zoom was recorded. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get yes. fired. Because somebody's gonna go back and say, "Oh, she's playing like the 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 whole mm-hmm. version of the song." Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you, you didn't play the Walmart um, version. <laughs> oh, I didn't play. I oh. have to look at the. I just listen to Stevie Wonder. All the Stevie Wonders. You don't have to look at parent adv- advisory for Stevie Wonder. It's no, just no. all like that. Can Not I, a lot can of I, overlap between Stevie Wonder and DMX. Can I tell you a funny story about that though? I yes. was in Walmart. This is back when we still bought CDs. And there was a parent at Walmart returning the CD that they had bought for their child. And they're like, why can you please explain why you're returning? I just have to be behind them in line. They're like, because it's got all the stuff bleeped out. And I don't, my kid wants to hear like the real version. (laughs) (laughs) The real version. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, we can get we can debate the, the, the merits of, of, of um censorship and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, good, good parenting there. There you go. You want to make sure your kid knows all those words while they're uh, in the it's school. Not just enough, it's not just enough to know the vocab. You have to be able to use it in context, really. Exactly. <laughs> that's yes. the common core standards. That's, that's exactly. helpful. That's helpful. And, you so. know, that reminds me of when I was a sixth grade teacher. I thought of more middle school like, uh, funnies. But, uh-huh. you know, when I was a sixth grade teacher, one for Christmas, um, this one of my young students, she really wanted to get me a Christmas gift. So she took her parents old Al Green CD that was all scratched up. And oh, no. uh, she wrapped that <laughs> yeah. nice. And it was the best Christmas gift. I'm Aww. like, did your parents know you took the Al Green? Oh. They might eat that. <laughs> Oh, her heart was in the right place, though. So that's that's her nice heart was in the right place, I, and she was so proud and so happy, and she wrapped it herself. It was yeah, really cool. yeah. I, I've, never, I've definitely never... gotten like a box of used ties from students before, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know if people know where these came from, <laughs> but thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you say thank you, and you move on. Yeah, yeah. That's that's um. Oh wow! Oh, yeah, my I, I you know, I, there's lots of middle school. I mean, because they are just like, I remember this one kid who got my number, my cell phone number. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. And he got it from another student who I had, you know, take it home. You know, we take students home. We At that time, we were just everything to, right. you know, just doing so much. And she was a part of my after school, uh, my girls group. And so they had my contact information. So he asked for it. So he thought it'd be fun one night. Like nine, nine thirty, ten to call my phone and play on it. Oh my. And so, you know, they forget we're like all the pranks, we are already ahead of that. Yes. So I I found out it was him and and instead of telling him I knew, um, I had the school resource officer uh who was a dear friend of mine. <laughs> oh my. Um and he stopped the class, stop. We have some news that somebody's been playing on phones. That's fraud. I mean, he was making terms up. And right. <laughs> nice. You have to come with me now. There's no more school for you. I mean. <laughs> oh, my. I was in I was My like, goodness. Then you had to call the custodian okay. to clean the clean the pee off the floor, huh? I know. <laughs> they were trying to get me, and I they he got got. 
from me. Oh. And so we told him. We That's... never really let parents know what we were doing, but <laughs> I don't even know if I told his parents that he played on my phone. Oh, That's good stuff. That's, That's the good best stuff. lessons they learn in-house. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that sometimes you just he gotta, laughed just, too at the end. He was a little scared though. That's funny. Oh, Good. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, um. I recently, um, I don't know how, how much you know about Desmos, but it's like a it's a math graphing um uh website that like we use a lot in math now. And so one of the things that I have in my in my class is having kids do um art with um Desmos, so you can create these equations and make all these things and the, the the company that has it the software company actually has art contests and it's it's they people turn out some really beautiful stuff but i tell my kids at the beginning when i'm when i'm telling them about this little mini project i said listen i when you turn it in i will google it okay so i know <laughs> like you know so Here's the equations that we've learned. You can manipulate them to make them higher and lower and longer and shorter and, and wider and all this kind of stuff. But, and then you can create something, a unique thing. And so some people make like, you know, whatever you can think to draw, you know, like a truck, a smiley face. Some people just make neat patterns and all this kind of stuff. And so this kid, he was actually was generally tardy. So I don't think he was there when I gave that little disclaimer. And so he'd missed some days. And, um, so I get an email from him. You know, here's my Desmos project, Mr. Miller. And so I look at it and it's this turtle and it is gorgeous. Okay. And it's this beautiful turtle on, on this, on this graph. And I'm like, no. And I look at the equations. <laughs> I'm like, no. And so all I do is I open up a new tab. I Google Desmos turtle. It is the, <laughs> it is the third image. I screen grab it. I don't put any text i don't um say anything i just screen grabbed where you could see the google search desmos turtle and and then like i circled his the the, the one that looked exactly like his and put in the email and, and sent it and sent it back to him and um and you should have put in a, a closing i'm not boo boo the fool because <laughs> <laughs> that's what the students think we are come oh, on i saw oh, him yeah. in, i saw him like a couple days later i said i said i said so when you got the email back, I said, what, I said, I said, what did, I said, what did you think? He said, Mr. Mealy, I said a word I can't say in school. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would, I was substitute teaching and, uh, it was for a gym class. So I got nice. like 40, 50 kids running in a circle in the gymnasium. Oh man. Right now. Uh, and I'm pretty new at this school. So like I, these kids start roughhousing. I don't know their names. I don't know how to write kids up. I don't know how to call the office. I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. So as loud as I could, I just went, hey! And I called the kids over and like, they kind of like freaked out and they walked over and I'm like, what's your name? And I pretended to write it down. <laughs> and then I just went, <laughs> my pen didn't even work. I'm nice. just pretending to write it down. I went, hmm. And that was it. And then I walked over to a corner and they never messed around again. There we go. There we go. You got it. You got how you do it. Exactly. Hey? That's how we do it. <laughs> That's how you do it, because we're not boo-boo the fool. We know what to do, no. and we think quick on our feet. Yes, we know what to do. Lie. Yeah. <laughs> I know. There we go. There go. Make it up. There you go. Make it up. Yep. Um, so thank you again so much, so much, Goldie, for, for coming on. We really, really enjoyed it. I, I just, you know, I love you from the bottom of my heart, and just thank you for all that you're doing. Oh, I um, love you, too. Um, Cultivating Geniuses. Are there, uh, is, that the, is that the only book? Do you have another book that I don't know about? 
Um, I have a book, um, co-edited volume on Black girl literacies. Okay. Um, that came out last year. Okay. And this year, either this year or the beginning of 2023, my next book is called Unearthing Joy. It's more of the how-to guide okay. of um, cultivating genius. And there's just some cool new things that I'm excited about. So it's going to have a lot of tools, a lot of cool. um, strategies for part for parent and um, community engagement, for leaders. Um, for teachers across the discipline. So it's supposed to, it's, it, it, it will be really cool. I feel really good about it. Okay. Awesome. So we'll put all the links in the show notes. So, um, but as you can see, cause you, you have a, you listen to this on a podcast app, most definitely, unless you hacked my computer and, and downloaded the file. So uh, even there, the file will still say Goldie and it's spelled G H O L D Y. So if you just go open up, speaking of Googling, if you just Google, if you, is there another Goldie? I don't think there is that's, that's, um, above you on the, on the Google search, right? I, I don't think that I mean, there's definitely not another Golden Star Muhammad in the world. But I- <laughs> Goldie Muhammad might be the only one too. I don't know if that's a good thing or bad. Okay, so I would, the only person you get. I'm going to guess you. I'm going to say I'm going to guess you autofill. I I would I would assume you <laughs> autofill. So, okay. um, but if not, the, the links to like all of her stuff and her website and her Twitter handle and all that kind of stuff are are um are in the um show notes. And so, is there anything else you wanted to say before before we let you go here? No, I just want to say like a special shout out to you too. You know, teachers, we talked a lot about joy today Mm -hmm. and, you know, like teachers need this. They need the joy. They need the laughter. They need to know like you faking it until you're making it. If you're trying Mm -hmm. to figure it out, Mm -hmm. they need to know like other stories that they are not alone. Um, You know, sometimes those words of me too can feel so powerful to somebody else so that they don't, so that they know that they're not the only ones. And so, you know, you all are putting out joy, criticality, identity. You put all of these pursuits out in the world through your podcast, whether Mm -hmm. you realize it or not. And so I just want to say thank you for this gift. Oh, thank you so much. And as we always say, stay unprofessional. Stay unprofessional. (laughs) Thank you and stay unprofessional. Stay unprofessional. Stay unprofessional. Stay unprofessional. unprofessional.